This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. Tonight, we have a lot of test cricket to cover. There were three Boxing Day test matches played across three different countries, Australia, New Zealand and South Africa. So let me welcome my co-host Ajit so we can get talking about it. Hello, Ajit. How are you, man? Hi, Giri. I'm doing good. How about you? Very happy with the result? Yes, um so I worked really hard for these results I have to say especially one of them uh, three sleep, three sleepless nights sorry mm-hmm. three sleepless mm-hmm. see I can't even speak well three okay. sleepless nights that's what I wanted to say um and in the end we managed to get there right so revenge is sweet I agree it was a great performance great comeback considering it was you know from a 36 all out to you know such a consummate victory it was a completely thorough team performance a new captain new set of let's say guiding principles when it comes to how to take wickets really helped but we'll get into it in detail let's start off by you know the first innings of australia so the first day's play did you catch most of it what were your thoughts um i happened to catch the first session on three days out of the four days that were played mm-hmm. i only missed the third day's first session otherwise i managed to you know watch the first session it was quite interesting australia of course won the toss i think they had no hesitation in deciding to bat first mm-hmm. uh and i think ajinkya rahane also wanted to bat first but uh to lose a toss and you know come up with a bowling performance like that it must be uh, you know uh, india bowlers should be appreciated for that i think because everybody expected the batting to be easier to start with uh and i think on the second and third day was some overcast conditions with some rain also expected so it that was uh supposed to play its part however um looking at how the australian batsmen performed i think that was also not so nice i think they did not really play with a positive mindset if i can say so uh there was a lot of tentative uh batsmanship especially from the openers uh joburns you know got out very cheaply yet again to sum it up India's bowling was quite nice in the in the first innings. I think Bumrah and uh, the seamers, Umesh Yadav and Siraj, were really well. They bowled really well, um, supported by Ravichandran Ashwin. I'm really happy again, as I said in my in the previous episode. I'm really happy to see Ashwin being able to perform in consecutive Test matches. Now he's been uh, uh, he was I think one of the main bowlers in the first match, where he picked up a lot of wickets in the first innings as well as in the second. um and then of course the addition of jadeja uh, turned out to be also a big difference between the two sides so if we look at the team composition virat kohli was of course out of this squad parental leave uh, and then of course we lost mohammad shami because of that arm injury he sustained in the first test 36 all out so we we had those two guys moving out and then prithvi shaw because he underperformed in the first match he was uh, benched and in came uh, an a debutant uh, shubman gill replacing mm-hmm. him as an opener um replacing mohammad shami was another debutant uh, mohammad siraj uh, from hyderabad 
we kind of expected this i think we all we talked about the composition in the previous episode and then i think you mentioned very clearly that siraj is there on merit uh, and i think he really showed us that you know he has the skill he has the temperament to play test cricket it was amazing to see him perform so well in a first test match but apart from that we also had jadeja coming in in place of kohli uh, so india opted to go with uh, an all rounder instead of a specialist batsman i think um, australia were probably a few runs short i think 100 runs short in that first innings 195 all out do you want to go through the scorecard sure look joe burns as you said duck at the top of the order matthew wade 30 but those those are hard earned uh, 30 runs manas labushkar ne well 48 sure but he was one of those that was let's say willing to play at time it looked like steven smith a duck but i think we should come back to this of course travis had 38 then uh, not a lot from the lower order except nathan lyon making 20 so a lot of credit uh, so to the bowling order overall surely the way bumrah and umesh yadav set it up even though umesh yadav went wicketless i thought he was very good i think he wasted the new ball but later he came back very strongly umesh yadav right so but the some of the main talking points for me here is the way ashwin set up and dismissed smith right and of course the performance of the debutant mohammad siraj because i think he mm-hmm. he really brought some very incisive power to the indian lineup the bowling lineup sure he was replacing shami who was also very who has been very incisive it must be said over the last couple of years for india but shami is more of you know second innings or a fourth innings specialist isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. So, but nonetheless the way they worked out matthew wade ashwin right manas mm-hmm. labushkarne yeah he's spending time but the way he was dismissed you know there was a fielder placed behind let's say short square like behind behind his left mm-hmm. shoulder and then ball was perfectly set up that he hit it straight to that field it was set up that sort of thing and of course mm-hmm. steven smith the setup was steven smith so yeah. these are all good talking points travis head hung in there right and then in the end nathan lyon sort of swung a little tim payne also couldn't do much in this case so overall i think it was a victory again thanks to the indian bowling lineup right so the bowlers did nothing yeah. wrong in the first test they they excelled again in the second and this time the batsmen did their bit so before we go there would you like to discuss what's going on with steven smith and how he's become ashwin's bunny suddenly <laughs> i don't know what's going on i think it's probably short of match practice i think he didn't play any test cricket this year right mm-hmm. so this was his first test series if i'm not wrong so he is short on match practice although he did play one day cricket i think one day is a different ball game altogether uh, he just needs to spend a bit more time at the crease i think he needs more uh, match time and then he'll be fine for the next match of course i think ashwin had a perfect plan for him right i think i also need to commend um, rahane for introducing ashwin when the ball was still a bit new because yeah. with a new ball with a proud seam you can extract a bit more bounce Mm-hmm. more per- purchase of the wicket i remember harbhajan singh uh, i think explaining this many years ago uh, in one of the post match analysis that right. an off spinner really wants a newish ball because it's easier to grip and it actually gets more out of the wicket the previous ball um, uh, i think the ball before uh, steven smith was dismissed it went for four byes i don't know if you uh, saw that live or on uh, highlights it mm-hmm. turned by a huge margin i think he it was just outside off stump or something that it was it was pitched outside off stump and then it turned across uh, steven smith towards leg slip and rishabh pant had no chance of stopping it i think it went for three runs uh, two runs or something and then when smith was back on strike ashwin bowled a similar length i have to say but he altered his line ever so slightly 
and then smith you know thinking that it was going to spin a lot and it would bounce because there was also a bit of bounce bounce in the previous ball he tried to fend it off he even tried to glance it off his pads but then uh, um the leg slip was waiting for him there so it was fantastic i think amazing captaincy and uh, execution by ashwin i think ashwin i think he has a good record at home but he's now showing he has matured as an overseas bowler as well and i think i i also remember this guy kerio keef you know uh, the commentator on uh, the australian media he was he was in awe of ashwin the way he was bowling in the whole match i think he was varying his length he was varying his flight especially um and the speeds because you you can't simply rely on one you know one spot like nathan lyon does like nathan lyon He's a classical off spinner. He's bowled. He bowls on one spot, and right. he tries to bowl the batsman through the gate or you know catch through extra cover or cotton ball, whatever. But right. Ashwin was amazing. He even bowled leg breaks. Did you? I don't know if you uh, uh, see that. I saw. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So he bowled leg breaks and he bowled a carom ball. I think Stark was lucky to survive that in the second innings. But uh, yeah, I think Ashwin was amazing. I I think he was the difference in that bowling lineup. I I know Umesh Yadav did not pick up wickets. He bowled well, but mm-hmm. Ashwin and Siraj. Yeah. they really really stood out for me bumrah of course we know what to expect from him he always delivers the goods he's he's quite amazing but so 195 i think was quite under par <laughs> so it was indian batsmen then to take over you know take the bull by the horns and then make it theirs right. and they did quite well i think the opener again mayank was a bit of a failure he was trapped by an incoming delivery from stark I think India also had a few chances here and there. Shubman Gill and also Ajinkya Rahane. Oh yeah. But w- what do you think about Shubman Gill? I think do, do you think he will play um, a huge part in the next few years for Indian cricket? Yes. Look, he has all the let's say the right ingredients to make a very good Test opener, right? Uh, he's temperamentally very sound. He has yeah. all the strokes. Uh, it's about finding his own range at the top level, right? Mm. They say every time you cross one of those Rubicons to an A team, you already see the difference in skill set, the pace, and those things. And again, yeah. once you cross from an A team level to the international level, you see the same jump. So mm. he's gotten a taste for it, the highest level. And what we saw is indeed he'll be looking to stay positive. That's very good. Yeah. And he has all the shots, right? So mm. what it comes down to is can he marry this temperament, excellent temperament that he has shown. with the shot making ability right probably that will come with time i really hope this is one guy who can probably stay the long course so prithvishal looked like it for sure mayank agarwal has and there have been others before them who have sort of flattered to deceive it must be said including kl rahul to an extent right but mm. let's say in this case shubman gill has begun the right way whether he's going to stay and do the long term role it remains yeah. to be seen maybe i would not i would not say anything now but maybe five seven tests later we can have this chat again as i said he has a skill he has a temperament and everybody uh, even the australian media were uh, really praising him boards well for indian cricket let me put it that way for the next decade or so if uh, he continues mm-hmm. in this way and then i think ajinkya rahane um, i have to speak a little bit about him i don't know if you remember two years ago i think it was a south african tour when india were in south africa he was dropped for the first two matches You remember right. that Ajinkya Rahane, yeah? yeah, and then yeah. he made it back to the team uh, for the Johannesburg match. The the I think the pitch was really horrendous there in Johannesburg. I don't know if you remember that, and he made a fighting forty odd runs. I think he didn't make a fifty, forty eight to forty nine uh, in that match. It was a bad pitch if you're a batsman, not a bad one if you're a bowler, right? But sure, continue. Yeah, indeed, yeah, that's that's what I meant. But 
I think those runs were really very crucial. I think after that he uh, turned the page. Uh, he started playing well again, and then people still talked about his position in the team, whether he deserves a spot in the team and all that. But look, what he has shown today or in this match is incredible. To play a hundred, to make a hundred in this match, when everyone else has struggled, barring Jadeja, everybody you know could not uh, go past fifty in this match. So. he played a captain snock a very crucial captain snock although he did uh, ride his chances i have to say but mm. uh, in the end we don't count the chances we only count the number of runs he scores especially if it's for the winning cause aside from his captaincy his batsmanship was uh, fantastic to watch um, yeah. i don't know if you want to uh, talk about the australian bowling performance what did you think about their uh, their trio pace trio before we go there i think a word of praise for also the middle order batters hanuman vihari and rishabh pant you know mm. you had you had ajinkya rahane sort of anchored on one end usually somebody like cheleshwar pujara does this ajinkya yeah. rahane did it this time but also did it very effectively look he's always been scoring tough runs right whenever india are in trouble usually rahane scores runs on a tough pitch rahane scores runs we know this right mm. so very much like a lakshman in the yester year he is he never scores easy runs but nonetheless coming to this match i think those 50 run partnership with hanuma vihari and rishabh pant were very crucial had one of those two even failed that would have opened the doors for this menacing trio that you just referred to which is spark and bank comes with their penetrativeness and josh hazelwood with his consistency so it makes it very tough that's a very tough proposition to tackle you will have to have somebody who's a little bit enterprising as well so there i think hanuma vihari rishabh pant hanuma vihari set it up beautifully with rahane in such a way that those those 50 runs they added made sure the bowlers were a bit tired then rishabh pant came in at the right time played the right way he could not take as much advantage as he would have liked but these two sort of by the time jadeja walked in the score was set up in such a way that 5 for 173 is not a very positive looking score but it's a far cry from i don't know 5 for 120 or 5 for 110 this is where i give them both a bit of credit and of course again i am a bit disappointed in the way they finished the innings it really 36 runs or something for five wickets in the end again i think it was 32 probably let's not stick to the number 36 but <laughs> that basically again is a bit disappointing right you have these people who are like yadav bumrah and siraj can you know do something yadav even stuck around for a while right ashwin has been a bit disappointing with the bat recently over the last couple of years it's time he sort of picked it up I mean, it's all by the by in the larger scheme of things because, as well as Star Cummins and Hazelwood Board and even Nathan Lyon, I think they were kept at bay beautifully because the, it was judicious stroke play in the first innings and that's what set up the game and they knew they were in for a fight. They knew they were in a position where they had to sort of build an innings, not go after it but let it come to them. They had to play out all the good balls. I think they kept Star out for a large period of time. Same for Cummins. you know these people will take two three wickets but if you can make them take this three wickets over a 30 periods 30 or spell or 28 or spell there you have succeeded because four of those will have given you 350 probably and that's very much what happened here so i would say all the credit to the indian batters they showed the right application it was a night and day performance even there were 36 all out it was mm-hmm. it was a fluke it was a one off right and that's how it was treated i think they had the right words probably spoken in the dressing room saying don't let it you know affect you it was just a one off it all worked beautifully so coming to the australian second innings again a failure for joe burns but then you know you have wade and labushkar may playing steadily 
then what happened uh, would you like to take us through the next let's say crucial passage here i think australians lost a few wickets uh, in quick succession there i think joe burns got out very early as you said and then there was a short partnership between uh, marnus labushkagni and uh, matthew wade of course uh, and labushkagni i think he was worked out by ashwin again uh, fantastic bowling um he i think it was probably the carom ball that got him there he was expecting an off break and then he took the outside edge exactly. was easily caught by rahane in the first slip so again ashwin and his master class continued but after that <laughs> i think steven smith was very awkwardly bowled um, probably around his legs by bumrah he was trying to glance the ball i don't know what steven smith is doing he was like uh, you know rabbit in the face of headlights i i, I really don't know what he was doing there he was again very tentative he was not very confident of course he looks very tentative when he plays but at least normally shows a bit more conviction uh, but this looked like he was lost and again he was bold and travis said should have continued a bit more i think he had a good start he got out for 17 playing a very rash shot a uh, shot against siraj playing you know the ball going across the left hander and he just fetched you know tried to smack it and mm-hmm. uh, for him unfortunately it fell into the hands of uh, mayank agarwal in the slips and then matthew wade got out of course but uh, you had a very important passage of play although tim pain you know there was this controversial cut behind uh, of the bowling of jadeja the hot spot not showing an edge but the snico showing some spike and then the umpire going with the snico and there was this controversy but i think tim pain got his back because he was controversially not given out run out was in the first inning so it probably evened itself out there Uh, but the partnership between Cameron Green the young Australian all-rounder and Pat Cummins this was very crucial they made India toil hard mm-hmm. they had a very long partnership not in terms of runs scored they had i think 50 odd runs but they played for about uh, let me think i think it was close to 35 40 overs just the two of them yeah. so they yeah, made india sweat 35 overs or sorry indeed yeah indeed and especially considering umesh yadav had to walk off in his fourth over india were a bowler short and um, going with two spinners and two seamers apart from umesh yadav i think turned out to be uh, a blessing in disguise for ajinkya rahane and he bowled he rotated his bowlers beautifully um, so even when the second new ball was taken rahane went with one seamer and one spinner so he went with bumrah at one end and ashwin on the other end and right on cue i think in the sir, second or third over with the new ball uh, bumrah ensured that there was uh, um, a very a short a nasty delivery was bowled at uh, pat cummins right. uh, he could try to fend it off and then he was easily caught in the slips but cameron green still was still there he was trying to fight with the tail australia had you know surpassed the deficit they were now about 30 40 runs ahead um and cameron green tried to up the ante by playing a few shots and he was beaten by uh, for pace i think against siraj he, siraj bowled a faster delivery i think he was a bouncer and cameron green normally a compulsive hooker and the puller of a ball i think he has a shot in his kitty but he mistimed this and he got it very high on the bat uh, and jadeja took a wonderful reflex catch in uh, mid wicket he scored 45 runs uh, although it turns out that it was for a losing cause um, but apart from the nathan lyon and josh hazelwood could not add anything stark remained not out but just 200 for australia in the end so the second innings um, australia were left only 69 runs ahead of india 
which meant India had a 70 run target mm-hmm. amongst the bowlers of course Bumrah picked up a couple of wickets one with uh, the first new ball and then another one with the second new ball Umesh Yadav did pick up the wicket of Joe Burns before uh, um, you know he walked off with that calf injury on his left leg I don't know how serious it is uh, he might miss the new year test I don't know what will right. happen to that and uh, Ravichandran Ashwin I know he was bowling really well he picked up a couple of wickets so did Jadeja but Mohammad Siraj picked up three very crucial wickets I think they were all probably dismissed dismissals on the leg side from Mohammad Siraj if I'm not mm. wrong strangled yeah. down the leg hmm. strangled down the leg side yeah Nathan Lyon was caught behind and uh, Cameron Green was out at mid wicket caught at mid wicket I mean, yeah this was the only one which was uh, caught behind but yeah India were left to target with 70 Do you want to take through the chase? Well, before I go there, Siraj indeed was very, again, very effective when you're a part of a four or a five-man attack. But you're like mm. a strike bowler, but you're still not conceding that high. Um, let's say it was 2.6 in the first innings, but they were very effective given the conditions. And in the second innings, he was even more effective because as a strike bowler, he was taking wickets, but also not giving runs away. and everyone everyone played their part as you said ashwin did jadeja did the spinners did wonderfully well it was looking like two people who could make a difference were coming into their own but both were sort of cut short one was maras lavshkarne because i think it's going to, it's going to be a big thing in the next test because i i saw him in very good nick there right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. umesh yadav who has these mercurial bursts where he can take a complete top order and even the innings out he looked to be getting into one of those spells when he got injured i i felt like that right Mm. Both of these were cut short, but a couple of other things. You know, Stephen Smith, that shot that he played and missed of Bomra is his bread and butter shot. I think um, England bowled to his patch, trying to get him LBW or bowled around his legs for two or three mm. ashes in a row and a fail. Right, that's his mm. bread, bread and butter shot, and it was very surprising to everyone concerned, including himself, how he missed that ball for that ball to take the bail of the leg stump. Right, so probably that's a one-off. But you know, I saw something on Twitter, Giri. It has been three fifty days to the to the day when he actually hit a four. Sydney, he hit one in the first uh, test after the new, you know, twenty twenty new year. Nonetheless, this is crazy. Some three hundred fifty days between boundary score. So this is an entirely new challenge as far as India are concerned that they are able to keep Smith down. That that brings Australia to a lot of you know issues. Both Smith and Lavashkarne failing. No David Warner. There's no tempo. You know, usually. David Warner at the top of the innings sets the tempo for the rest of the innings by scoring fast, being aggressive. Wade is sort of doing that, but Warner is of a different class. It must be acknowledged, right? That is the thing they are missing. So I think before we go a little further, um, the chase was not much of consequence. Again, Mayank Agarwal failing was probably a very important thing as far as he is concerned. But we'll talk about what that means in the future for him. Cheteshwar Pujara failed, but that's a footnote really. He's not at a fifty yet. that he's not come good and he's not made a large number of runs yet but it seems he's he's in the right mindset at least mind space it looks like he's looking to play time and that's okay and then of course ajike rahane had to be there at the crease it was very nice to see that he was there at the crease shubman gill an enterprising almost runner ball innings as well so no not a lot of drama and that was that so that was well done for india because you know we as indian cricket fans have seen it that they are unable to wrap up tails and twice in this test with minimum amount of let's say fuss india was able to remove these tail uh, from uh, australia and both the so usually this is the sort of setup where cam green and pat cummins were playing is it would be a horror for every indian fan when it went on for 25 hours or 20 35 hours and then 
you are worried this will go on forever but what was the difference was the number of runs conceded what you highlighted normally at 35 over partnership is usually at 3 and over is already 100 right yeah they scored only 55 yeah. runs or 58 runs that was crucial there that's the difference that this indian team was able to bring about the innovative captaincy the imaginative field placings also must be said i think he's a pure bowlers captain rahane he gives his bowlers the power he lets them learn from their mistakes if there is anything like this right so it yeah. is going to be very interesting how the next two tests unfold from a purely captaincy perspective and the amount of confidence the bowlers carry when their plans work right so mm-hmm. all this is very positive so now if you were to sort of look forward to the upcoming sydney test so we know sydney has retained the third test in spite of all these worries that there was a covid cluster detected in the sydney north beaches but it looks like sydney will uh, host the next test so it's a traditionally a spin friendly ground and maybe a run heavy ground and whenever india went there this tour as well lot of runs have been scored there both in t20s and odis kiri what what do you think are the squads for the two uh, uh, sides going into sydney yeah i mean it's going to be interesting because we have some uh, players you know who might be coming back into the squad um just just to highlight one more thing rahane do you know his captaincy record in test cricket by the way 3 3 yes 3 yes. 1 yeah yeah so he has a 100% record so he gets to better that next time anyway oh he can't go get better than that i hope he um he, i hope he can do 4 out of 4 yeah let's see um so we read that rohit sharma might be back into the squad he might have recovered uh, in time to make a comeback to the squad Uh, and of course umesh yadav is still a doubt for the next test i think the next test starts on the 6th so we have two guys who can uh, yeah so i said umesh umesh yadav might be out indeed that if that indeed happens that umesh yadav cannot play then you are left with two seam bowlers that were in the second innings of australian batting uh, jaspreet bumrah and mohammad siraj and mm-hmm. then you have the two spinners jadeja and ashwin uh, do you think those four bowlers are enough or do you think we need an additional seamer I would say having the cushion of an additional seamer would be better. It's indeed a spin-friendly pitch, and you have both Ashwin and Jadeja in a good space. I think mm-hmm. they are able to take this forward as the leaders of the attack in Sydney. But I just get the feeling here this is where you would have a Hardik Pandey. You would give an arm and a leg for a Hardik Pandey. Right? Unfortunately, he is not available. But mm-hmm. uh, given this, I I would say India would be tempted to go ahead with the same eleven. why disturb a set 11 why mm. you know change the meaning formula as they say right yeah mayank agarwal yeah. has failed indeed both the tests but he still you know he had respect respected his scores earlier this year and he doesn't look like completely undone like uh, prithvi shaw did mm. so he's not spent yeah. a lot of time in the crease it must be said but i am expecting he'll come good he had one sort of middleish good innings in the first innings of the series but he has to come good here but then mm. i would back him and i would actually back india to retain the same squad if umesh recovers if he doesn't there is a toss up for me here giri a very tempting prospect for me because if you have left armer natrajan i don't know if he's test match fit and i don't know if he has the intention to play tests and is in a good frame of mind there otherwise it will be saini i would really not compare saini with uh, yadav because yadav is much more mercurial but uh, much more effective saini is still learning his craft when it comes to longer format that's the feeling i get So mm-hmm. that sort of limits India's um, choices. So it's going to be interesting if Umesh continues to be yeah. injured. I, I would even back the same squad if it can be retained. If not, probably Sani in for Umesh. What do you think? 
yeah, I think the challenge will be here uh, amongst those seamers who is consistently able to hit the top of off. I don't know if they have the skill to do that on a consistent basis. And we saw Siraj could do the, could do that, and obviously mm-hmm. Bumrah does it, and Umesh Yadav is you know here and there sometimes. But you know, Hanuma Vihari is a part-time bowler. He can also uh, share some workload there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I would be even tempted to go with the same squad, two seamers and two spinners, specialists. And bring Rohit Sharma into the squad, uh, let's say in place of uh, Umesh Yadav, mm-hmm. because that will bolster the batting lineup. And if we, if we indeed have a batting pitch at City Cricket Ground, then you you can bat long. And I remember in the last uh, series between India and Australia, uh, didn't Rishabh Pant make a century as well? I I think that was uh, also at SCG, if really? I'm not wrong. No, it was yeah, in a so, losing cause. Him and Rahul, I think. I think it was a draw, wasn't it? Even was not even a draw. There were two centurions, and right. Mayank Agarwal must have made a fifty. He, he that was his debut. I mean, I would be tempted to draft in uh, Rohit Sharma if he's fit. If he's fit, because we right, you know, he's what so he's. So four bowlers, Hanuma Vihari to share the load, and yeah. Rohit Sharma gets in. Okay, that yeah. that would be an interesting challenge. How about uh, Australia with Warner almost fit? Maybe even Sean Abbott. Any changes you see in Australian eleven? I think the bowlers will pick themselves. Uh, the three fast bowlers and then uh, the spinner Nathan Lyon, they will remain. Um, the only change I could foresee is one of the openers. Uh, if David Warner does come in, one of them have to have to make way, and it has to be either Joe Burns or Matthew Wade. And if Joe Burns remains in the squad, then Matthew Wade needs to be pushed down the order, where probably is more comfortable. Uh, which means you have to let go of somebody in the middle order. So it's it's. It's a very tough situation. I think it's uh, some, yeah, some harsh calls will have to made. I th- will have to be made. I think a lot of people like Shane Warne were saying Joe Burns needs to be given, you know, taken out, or even Travis Head needs to be uh, mm. given a rest to compose right. himself and come back, make a comeback later. So I don't know. It's, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a very tricky situation for them. What are your thoughts? Well, I think more than Burns, I think Travis Head might be the one who might be heading for the chop. Considering that Australia actually lost this test, if they had drawn this test or won this test, Travis Head would have been retained, I think. But because mm. because they lost this test, I think he is the one that's probably really close to getting dropped more than Burns because Australia had only two fifty scores and Burns scored one of them, right? I mean, mm. it was in an easy mm. chase, but he did it. And uh, I think having backed him, it would be premature to actually uh, not uh, play him again in the Sydney test. I would say they'll play him. Mm. Probably Head goes. In this case, head is dropped. Warner comes in if he's fit. If Warner is not fit, the same squad will play. But I think Cam Green should definitely be played because the way he showed the application he showed in the second innings was very encouraging as far as I was concerned. And as you say, yeah. he bowls fast. He he has the, all the ingredients to be a very good all rounder. And backing mm-hmm. him would be the right move here for me. So again, a couple of things up in the air. But I would say Warner comes in, Travis Head gets dropped, and Wade moves to number five. Let's say. In the yeah. Fair enough. Okay. I think a lot to look forward to when we look at Sydney Test. We'll see if we'll probably do another preview of the test leading into the test itself. So let's see how things develop. Maybe because of the amount of days that are remaining, Umesh Yadav gets a chance to recover. All of these things come into picture. Let's see how it yeah. goes. Now, uh, moving on, I think you uh, can take a quick look at some of the other tests that are going on. So the other two Boxing Day tests that you rightfully pointed, right? If you were to take a quick look at the test that ended today, the South Africa versus Sri Lanka test. So it was a very high scoring test, very high rate of scoring throughout the test. 
right? More than a thousand two hundred runs scored at a very enterprising uh, run rate. So four plus, right? Too. So it ended uh, midday on the fourth day. So batting for Sri Lanka made three ninety six. That was their highest score on South African uh, soil, by the way, in tests. So they, you know, had a very solid contribution from the middle order. Opener sort of started it off, but eighty uh, five from Chandimal. Dhananjay De Silva, who made seventy nine, but had to retire hurt. That's a real blow for them, right? He's going to not play any more Tests this tour. Niroshan Dikkala made forty nine. Dasun Shanaka made sixty six, and a little bit of contributions down the order. So nearly four hundred. That's a solid, solid total to put up, and at nearly four and over as well. So then you had South Africa counter punching, right? Dean Elgar ninety five, Idil Markham sixty eight, and then Fafi Plessy with Daddy hundred, one hundred and ninety nine. Really unlucky to miss out on a double hundred. But then he was very well supported by Temba Bahuma, who made seventy-one. Vian Mulder, who's sort of making his way in Test cricket, thirty-six. He's started to be the next Jack Callis, they say. Of course, Keshav Maharaj chipped in with seventy-three. This made this meant you know South Africa got to six twenty-one, a comfortable lead, even though they were sort of looking at a four hundred score from the opposition. But uh, well, a couple of interesting things: the amount of work that the Sri Lankan seamers had to put in, right? Kasun Rajita got injured and had to go away. Kasun Shanaka took over as sort of the first chain. He kept bowling. Manindu Hasaranga, the leg break bowler, who was debuting, bowled 45 overs in the first innings, right? And then Lahiru Kumara was a bit costly, so I think they were a bit undone because Suranga Lakmal was unavailable. They would really hope he'll be available for upcoming tests because they suffered a spate of injuries. Kasun Rajita walked off injured. Dhananjaya De Silva walked off injured, and then you know in the second innings they for they had further. Trouble that basically meant Sri Lanka were really really up against it. So 621 by South Africa meant you know Sri Lanka were already 200 250 plus runs behind and they really could not recover from there and it was an innings defeat. So they could only total 180. Kusal Parera scored 64 quick fire 64. That's his one. Chandimal 25 and then one into Hasaranga at the end sort of delayed the inevitable scoring 59. But it was a it must be said a one-sided game. South African bowlers looked completely in control. And in the first day, I was a bit surprised. But then, when, as they say, never judge a pitch or a test match until both sides have played out one innings each at least. That that was the saying that came back to me. Keshav Maharaj had thanks for coming award given. Uh, I mean, he got to bowl a few hours at least in the second innings. First innings, he toiled away. He toiled away manfully. But I mean, it looked like South Africa were heavily reliant on their uh, fast men. And Vian Mulder, who sort of shaping up nice, he took uh, enough wickets in the match as well, apart from the score he made. So that was. All in all, a very positive outcome as far as South Africa are concerned, Gilly, because um, yeah, they were really starved of Test cricket, and I think they'll be very happy to win this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, couple of points there. I think I sort of predicted this that um, South Africa would win this, right? But I did not expect uh, Sri Lanka to score as many runs as many runs as they did in the first inning. So, well done to Sri Lanka. To be honest. And then I did catch a bit of batting between uh, you know Dinesh Chandimal and Dhananjaya De Silva a little bit. They were batting really nicely both of them. And then uh, the retired hurt incident of Dhananjaya De Silva's seemed to turn the tide in South Africa's favour. Uh, until then, Sri Lanka were completely in control. Chandimal and uh, De Silva were bossing them. They were completely in control. So it's sad to see that there were so many injury issues with Sri Lanka. I think they were also probably not match fit. Uh, having been away from uh, competitive cricket for such a long period due to all mm-hmm. the covid situation so but at least it's 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 not such a bad way to you know lose I, although they lost it by an innings and uh, 40 odd runs 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is there are a lot of positive things, but I think there was this discussion that was started by Sri Lankan coach Mickey Arthur. I don't know if you were following this about injury substitutes, just like right. we have concussion substitutes. I don't know if that will uh, hold any water. Um, he will probably bring that up in the ICC meeting. I heard uh, that you know substitutes should be allowed to some right. capacity in capacity in some capacity, but uh, that's for probably for another discussion uh, anyway. But Yeah, I think Sri Lanka were not good enough I'm afraid. Um mm. so Sri Lanka well, I mean I think they they will do well in the next match but it's at Johannesburg. Uh mm-hmm. 3rd of January I think it's a new a new year test again so Johannesburg I don't know how that will play that uh, pitch so we'll see. Look couple of thoughts so first of all I think even Luto Sipamla did very well left arm seamer mm-hmm. I think he pressed Uh, all all good for south africa and not so good for sri lanka with the amount of injuries that they faced in the 11 and outside it as well but when it comes to really substitute injury substitutes I have a feeling to the purest this would appear as diluting the you know the contest as it stands being fit and firing for five days is one of the requirements for playing test cricket so we refer to being fit being match fit being test match fit there are different levels of fitness that are required for example rohit sharma was given fitness and conditioning exercises for a 15 days that he had to quarantine in australia because he was fit he was definitely fit if it was a 2020 or a one day he would play same for uh, ishan sharma he was in a good enough status to play a three day game or a one day game but not good enough for test cricket so that in itself is a requirement uh, so as i said when it comes to purists it might not hold a whole lot of water you have the you have substitutes of two kinds possible you have a concussion substitute where the person who is hit on the head is incapacitated that's something and the most important fielding position on the field that is a keeper's position if the keeper is injured that's not easily replaceable it's not like moving a fielder from one position to another so that is a replaceable fielder already right so as things stand i don't really see that happening but yeah as i said uh, we'll see how it uh, goes really. so yeah. maybe you know icc has also decided that maybe they they need to liven up uh, things a bit let go of some of those old uh, air quotes virtues that is represented by test cricket we'll see moving on if you were to take a look at the third ongoing test this is still ongoing you know at the end of four days it's been set up nicely new zealand are in control so if you were to take a look new zealand batted for score 431 um this is this is between new zealand and pakistan of course right so it's being played in uh, mount mongolui and in this case new zealand toiled to get to 431 thanks to their captain 129 runs from captain fantastic Ken Williamson, right? So he toiled for nearly 300 balls. That was his slowest international hundred in tests. But he's hung on. He scored all the runs. Ross Taylor, he's, he's more enterprising. He scored 70. Andrew Nichols 56. Vijay Watling a very very vital 73. And then Kyle Jamieson counter punched 32. And then Neil Wagner hit out like he's one to these days. So uh, that 431, it looked like it was made over a lot of painstaking number of minutes and overs. but it turned out that in the end that's very crucial that it had to be played it's an up and down pitch sort of spongy bounce at times sort of the ball sitting in the pitch at times so uh, pakistan toiled so you had shahin shafridi who started off wonderfully but uh, as the number of overs that were played out from him his effectiveness dulled he took 4409 still and then uh, yasir shah took 3413 but there was not a lot of support i think fahim ashraf was very good in both the innings because he, he did not concede many runs but he could only take one or two wickets the way mohammad abbas was played was very instructive this guy you can imagine is your uh, favorite cricketer right desert lion he was again not conceding runs but 
the way they played him knowing what he is doing and how to play him how to make sure he you don't give his wicket to him was fantastic to see the new zealand seemed to have come in with a plan there when it comes to pakistan's first innings their opener started off positively but then once shan masood got out for 10 and abid ali uh, sort of struggled to make to 25 i think their middle order really really imploded and then you know the the skipper mohammad rizwan i think is a breath of fresh air as far as Pakistan Test match cricket is concerned. He sort of completely tore up the script and said, "You know what? I'm going on an attack." And he was supported wonderfully well by Fahim Ashraf, who sort of this match has been sort of coming of age as far as I'm concerned. Even even I say this tour is sort of coming of age for Fahim Ashraf. I hope he grows from strength to strength. It was almost like watching, you know, uh, one of those legendary, if I may say, all-rounders of Pakistan batting, Azhar Mahmood, one of those people, because Azhar Mahmood had scored a similar debut hundred in uh, South Africa. I remember a wonderful counter-punching hundred. it almost reminded me of that right but uh, it, it was not as romantic as that unfortunately the lead that they considered was too much it would have been even worse it would have probably been an innings defeat i was very afraid of but the way these both applied themselves made sure even though new zealand were very effective they distributed the wickets among their bowlers it was not enough and that basically means you know new zealand were able to take a 192 run lead would you like to you know shed any light on what you think on the first innings kiri first two innings i think <laughs> we have to uh, i think we have to ban kane williamson from playing because uh, <laughs> this guy is not human this guy is not human he should right. be in a different league uh, so he was just playing t20 right i mean he played an attacking innings in the t20 series and now he's playing test cricket like it should be played attritional cricket as you rightly said um so they basically assessed the pitch very nicely him and ross taylor i believe and i did watch some of the the play there i think between them they they were really bunting the whole attack they they did not score runs very quickly so they were just occupying the crease and letting the bowlers make the mistakes or get them make sure the bowlers got tired so they could not uh, do anything later on uh, but apart from that i think fahim ashraf wasn't he initially touted to be more of a limited over specialist who is now mm-hmm. made into the test squad so i remember he was I think he was in that one day squad. He 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 is not an express play pace bowler. He's nippy, but he's not that quick anyway. So he's uh, it's good to see that he's making uh, uh, inroads into this team. And absolutely, I think I agree with you on uh, Mohammad Rizwan. He played well in the T20 series, and now he's doing the same also in the uh, Test series. So well done to Pakistan. You know, in terms of coming up with better performances, but I find that this. sort of cricket although it is you know traditional and all that purists will enjoy this this is a bit boring compared to what happened in uh, mcg well look it's it's boring but this is what test cricket is meant to be the sort of this is a boxing match this is a well round match right yeah. well session match as i keep reminding you that's the whole point but yeah i think new zealand then knew you know they didn't have a whole lot of time on their hands because of the amount of time they spent in the first innings they scored their runs quicker in the second scoring at almost four run over but With a lead of 192, you don't need to score that many. One 175, 180 is enough, and that's what they did, right? Nasim Shah was really good in the second innings, and I think with every tour and every Test match he plays, he's growing in stature as a fast bowler. Really, somebody who can partner Shahin Shah Afridi into the future, maybe the whole of next decade, as far as Pakistan is concerned. So we really hope these two remain injury-free and you know fit and firing. Yeah, that meant you know coming back to the Pakistan second innings, set a target of 373 or survive about 135 overs. That's 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 a tough ask. so but they did not start well both the openers uh, scoring ducks but azhar ali who was like almost a makeshift opener 
took up lot of time showed his experience 117 balls right for his 34 not out and the game will begin shortly or would have begun shortly if you are listening to it at some other time and fawad alam the crabby fawad alam uh, he is also showing tremendous application so it will really depend on uh, those cliches that we always say the crucial first hour for the final morning and well also credit to tim saudi here he took two wickets and in taking these two wickets took 300 test wickets for new zealand right so this guy came in as a teenage sensation and now is matured into a senior statesman wonderful slip catcher a bit of a rabble rouser we hear when it comes to the party circuit but on the field an absolute gentleman and uh, yeah congratulations to tim saudi and we really hope to see him uh, play longer because he said recently that he is looking to ross taylor and jimmy anderson for inspiration on how they are keeping their motivation going after all these years of cricket at the highest level so it remains to be seen whether pakistan can really survive the last day frankly speaking common sense says it's going to be very difficult if not totally impossible because they also need 300 runs scoring that is not on the cards i think because they're currently scoring under 2 and over so we'll keep you posted on how it goes in the upcoming episodes but i would say i back new zealand to take a 1 nil lead here giri do you see it any other way i hope that uh, pakistan you know uh, don't go very dull i think they they should play positive cricket and mm-hmm. i do hope that mohammad rizwan and uh, fahim ashraf right, right. Um, they they play attacking innings again when they come out to bat and then you know get the score closer to that uh, target and you never know what happened you know you, we also what happened with that 153 not out by kusal perera it might also happen here maybe the the pitch has lost its uh, venom there is mm-hmm. nothing in the pitch and the batsman can score runs you know well it's possible but you know there was this match in chandigarh i don't know if you remember when pakistan was five down abdul razak and uh, kamran akmal blunted the indian attack for the best part of three quarters of a day and they mm-hmm. secured a draw for pakistan so on a similar sort of slightly neutral pitch maybe it was done before considering the form that new zealand are and that they're playing at home and they have a very good attack well i mean it must be said wagner has been ruled out i think he i don't think he'll bowl again because he broke his toe batting in the first innings but came back to bowl 21 overs and took two wickets so hard man hard man in uh, deed hard man in words this guy and he's backed himself to do that but in the second uh, innings i think new zealand will miss him he is always the attack dog the sort of the person who's going to continue attacking bowling shot into the ribs of the batter so that whenever they get a chance to see somebody like saudi or trent bolt pitching it up they try to attack it and they give wickets so his influence here might be missing but then you have kyle jemison so between trent bolt saudi and jemison i think that 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 should be that as far as this test match is concerned and of course again uh, the spinner mr santner gets the thanks for coming award literally he's bowled only a bunch of overs so far in the entire test so we'll see how that goes so moving on uh, let's take a look at some of the cricketing news of the cricketing field right so covid 19 related news so for example west indies have this uh, you know scheduled tour of bangladesh planned and in this case it looks like 10 first choice players from across the squads odi and tests have pulled out so it this includes jason holder kiran pollard shumran hetmeyer right even lewis darren bravo shamar brooks sheldon patrel i mean this is basically their 11 on a given day i guess you know at least in a one day game have literally pulled out roston chase as well so that means you know they have a makeshift squad with uh, Craig Brathwaite leading it. They have some new names there: Kevin Hodge, and you have Shane Mosley and Kyle Myers. All of these people uh, in the squad. You have finger spinners, left-arm finger spinners. You have Jamal Warrickan. You have Virasamy Parmal. 
Shabin Allen and uh, Shane Dowrich have also pulled out owing to some other circumstances. But nonetheless, you'll have Jason Mohammed who will be leading the ODI squad, right? He was not even in the eleven. He's been brought back in as a captain. So you have you have this um, decision. It's you cannot criticize the players because they come from an islands or bunch of islands where there are almost no cases of COVID, right? And looking at some of the numbers in South Asia, it's really panicky situation if they are coming from one of those islands. So then it's I think uh, a decision that they have taken. Do you have any thoughts on this, Kiri? Only that the players are entitled to do this because I think these are not normal circumstances. So we should you know cut them some slack. No, no, new look squad. Uh, it will be good. At least their fast bowling attack will be there. Roach is back. Shane and Gabriel will be there. It's not all lost for them, and plenty of new people who can also make a name for themselves. You know, so all of this remains to be seen. There have been a spate of deaths of ex cricketers this week, Kiri. Did you see this? I I only read about it. I think one of the most popular voices uh, in the commentary, Robin Jackman. Uh, I hear that he passed away uh, closer to the Christmas day. That's a very unfortunate news. And then we also lost another person. I'm. Mean, John Edrich lost uh, yeah John Edrich indeed yeah right and of course then, John Reed passed away today yeah yeah indeed yeah. indeed i think uh, whoever is compiling an 11 up there is probably missing a lot of players they are recalling many good players right a couple of openers a fast bowler i mean this year has done enough hasn't it for cricket <laughs> it seems a bit too much on even in the last gasp last couple of hours almost of this year it's still having the toll on cricket but okay we wish uh, their families and their friends all the courage that they need and our condolences it comes suddenly at the back of probably you know considering the number of test players there have been it's normal to lose one or two here and there but uh, suddenly in a week a spate of uh, players it's very rare but all right moving on to slightly greener pastures so the women's t20 challenge has logged the record breaking viewership there's a 147% rise in viewing minutes giri did you read the stat i don't know if uh, you have any thoughts on this i haven't read the thought that's the stats but it is indeed very encouraging uh, for women's cricket in general this needs to happen uh, it needs to go in further because we don't play that many women's t20 leagues in the world right we have the wbbl and then uh, what else is there most countries have their own leagues there is no yeah. uh, international leagues if that's what you mean yeah yeah but there is not a lot of coverage yeah so we we need more air time for those and then we'll have a new generation of you know youngsters uh, connecting with that and i also see that you know there were different commentary feeds in different languages did you see that women's t20 thing so i wow. I, oh. i read that okay. there were five language feeds hindi english tamil telugu kannada across 11 channels so Wow. So it, it is quite a big reach, to be honest. Uh, this needs to happen on a more regular basis. So hopefully, with the situation probably getting under control next year, some sort of control, we we might get to see more of this uh, women's more of women's cricket. Indeed, yeah, a lot of current players like Julang Goswami have come out to back this, and it's really yeah. going to be positive if this means you know maybe at least starting next year there is a women's T Twenty Cup challenge. It's been sort of played in a the exhibition way but maybe they start off a real four team tournament would be great to see so we really hope this comes through and also more and more in, uh, women's cricket is played because indeed women's cricket took a big blow this year thanks to covid 
Moving on, let's take a quick look at the trivia section, Giri. So the trivia question from the previous episode was, what is the highest score by an Indian batsman, men's batsman, in the MCG tests, Giri? Would you like to take us through the answer and maybe your thoughts on this? Well, um, this is one of the most popular innings uh, by an Indian batsman ever uh, abroad, in my opinion. And this was right. at the MCG in 2003 by none other than the dashing opener, Virendra Sehwag, the Nawab mm-hmm. of Najafgarh, right? Right. right. <laughs> so I remember watching this live, in fact, one of those early morning wake-ups when I was in India back then. Uh, and I happened to catch this live, just the first session again. Um, and this guy incredibly scored 100 w- before lunch. Everybody in that team, I think in that batting lineup, struggled in the first innings. Uh, and by the time Virendra Sehwag got out, India was something like 290-odd runs. Mm-hmm. And he had scored 195 out of it. So that's right. a huge proportion of India's runs. And India were uh, uh, the Indian innings folded in about 30-40 runs from uh, the moment uh, Sehwag got out. So, And I happened to see this live and it was such an attacking innings. You know, you had the likes of Brett Lee, uh, Glenn McGrath. Uh, I don't know if Shane... I don't, I don't think Shane won played that series. So it was Stuart McGill... You had all those premier bowlers and while everybody was struggling at the other end, this guy was, you know, going hammer and talk. It was unbelievably good innings. I think there is, there can be nobody like Saibak ever again. He's one of his kind. There's nobody like him. Um, and unfortunately, you know, he got out uh, <laughs> uh, trying to hit a six off a full toss against yeah. somebody like Simon Katic. Unbelievably... Uh, uh, unlucky, but uh, that's the way he plays, right? That's the way he played indeed. Um, trying to mm-hmm. hit a six and then reaching the milestone figure of 200. But nonetheless, it's, it still remains etched in my memory. Uh, a fantastic innings uh, by a fantastic player. Yeah, that one in Lakshman's 167. Yeah. I think stand out in that. Otherwise, it was an entire whitewash plus a write-off, wasn't it? I think Lakshman's so, yeah. uh, was, in, was much earlier. I think it was from 1999. Was it? Yeah, it was 167 at a CG. Okay, ha, ha, ha. so there you go. I probably mixed them up, but thanks for correcting that. But nonetheless, the sort of stands out. The tour yeah. was a 3 yeah. white wash. It was yeah. Pakistan, then India, I think. Or it was India followed by Pakistan. Both countries were whitewashed. 99, right? In 1999. Yeah, that was the forgettable uh, series. Yeah. And there was even a tri-series. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah. They were okay. uh, played, yeah, two times. Play. I think they played three times against each other. Three teams. Mm-hmm. And India played nine matches. They won eight out of them. And wow. uh, no, they lost eight and then won one of them. That against Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, against yeah. Pakistan. But unbelievable. Uh, I kind of forget that. Anyway. Just try series uh, format. But anyway, that's a discussion for another day. Going on to the trivia question from this episode, right? Which former England cricketer's inclusion in the squad led to the abandonment of a test series in the Indies? If you've been paying attention to what we've talked about on today's episode, you'll probably know the answer. It's been talked about in the recent times due to this players being in the news for one reason or the other. So uh, we hope we've given them enough of a clue there. So if you would like to give us an answer to this question, do get in touch with us on Twitter at armchaircrickpod uh, via mail armchair.cricket at gmail.com or you could also leave it as a comment in any of the podcasting apps or on Facebook. So all of these are ways in which you can get in touch with us to also let us know what you think of the podcast. Wonderful, wonderful uh, test match stories we've discussed. It is a throwback episode, Giri. I really loved it. So 
it was a bit long uh, winded but i think i think this is what we love right three test matches three boxing day test matches these are the days we live for yeah absolutely absolutely i cannot agree more um and as we as we look at uh, the year 2020 it draws to a close uh, i think this might also be one of our last episodes for this year and we are ready to welcome the new year hopefully in better spirits and uh, hopefully also you know we get to see a lot more test cricket with the test championship also sort of reaching the crescendo if i can call it that with uh, the finals expected to be expected to be played next year at lords so looking forward to that i think it looks very promising um hopefully we get uh, more test cricket especially and uh, any any form of cricket is good but uh, test more test the better uh, i really enjoyed the boxing day test indeed so look forward to more so having said all that it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from him bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast sit back and enjoy